And now, from the gleaming spires of Chicago, broadcasting across the multiverse, from the heights of Hlidskjalf to the depths of Niflheim, from the MCU to the DCU, from the slopes of Mount Olympus and beyond, you are tuned to the immortal sounds of Radio Free Asgard. And hello everybody and welcome to Radio Free Asgard. This is episode number 355. We're coming at you, as always, from beautiful Chicago, Illinois. My name is Tom Harris. Welcome to the show. Don't have a lot to talk about here at the very top of the show. Don't really, yeah, <laughs> there's just not a lot to talk about. But we do have an issue of Thor to cover, so let's go ahead and move along to our review. Cross the rainbow bridge of Asgard, where the booming heavens roar, you behold in breathless wonder. And this week we are covering The Mighty Thor, number 205. Cover date, November 1972. Cover price, 20 cents. Cover art is by Gil Kane, inked by Dan Adkins. Shows Thor, and he is being attacked by his friends. We have Sif, we have Fandral, we have Hogan, and we have Ernest Borgnine. Actually, looks like Ernest Borgnine, but he's wearing Baldur's armor, so I guess it's... Ernest Baldnine. I don't know. Anyway, uh, and lurking up behind them, we have the figure of none other than the evil Mephisto, who we saw at the very end of last issue. And he is saying, Slay him, my children. This day Thor dies by the hand of those who love him. And the title of the story, or cover blurb, The Mark of Mephisto. Open up to the splash page where, of course, we have the credits. Stan Lee presents Jerry Conway, scripter. John Buscema, artist. Vinnie Coletta, inker. John Costanza, letterer. And Roy Thomas, the editor. And the splash page shows Mephisto looming up out of a pit of fire. And he is talking to Sif and Thor, who are there looking very alarmed. And it says... A world gone mad, which is the title of the story. That is what you're thinking, isn't it, Thor? A cosmos cast into chaos. A universe without rhyme or reason. Yes, I see it in your eyes, my quaint and moral Asgardian. You fear my land as I do yours. A land you cannot understand. A world where your petty consciousness has no meaning. Welcome to hell, Thunder God. Welcome to the land of Mephisto. Ah, how I've planned for this day, Thor. First tricking your friends into my carefully woven web, then to garnish the bait. Kidnapping men from all lands of earth, stealing them away in the dead of night, and bringing them here, perhaps a bit prematurely, but appropriately enough. And we see a bunch of people there. We have the Warriors Three and Balder looking very blank and kind of staring into, into space. We also have people who, uh, one guy is very obviously a British stereotype with the derby hat. We have an African stereotype with the fez and the sort of a dashiki kind of, of thing. We have a... Uh, 
I don't know, uh, another European type wearing little uh, glasses. We have a, a stereotypical Russian in a fur hat. <laughs> we have a stereotypical Arab uh, in white uh, white cloak. And I guess I forget what they call that on their head. Cafe or something like that that they wear on their head. Uh, some guy in a beard. Uh, somebody in an American military uniform. And a guy who looks like a chauffeur or something. Anyway, they're standing in the back. And Thor starts to swing his hammer around, and Mephisto's still ranting here. For you see, my ubiquitous foe, you have foiled my plans for the last time. On the morrow, my minions march, and before the swollen sun sets, the earth will be mine. And Thor shouts out, I say thee nay, demon, till the last breath I shall fight thee. Thou wilt never... And he says, because there's a demon uh, who has leapt onto his back, and it's a big orange uh, dude with a uh, tail. And he basically is throwing him down to the ground off this little rock that he's standing on. Oh, speak on, Thunder God, says Mephisto. Your sentiments are most droll. For though you may vanquish one demon guard, each is followed by a thousandfold... And so he's now being attacked, or that is, is being attacked by uh, several of these demon guys. And they're kind of these bald humanoid people with four fingers or all. They have three fingers and a thumb. And, oh, some of them have five fingers. Okay, so I, yeah, I'm not really sure. So some of them are four-fingered and some of them are five-fingered. They are attacking him, and Thor is just kind of tossing them aside. He whomps a bunch of them aside with his hammer. Actually, a really dynamic panel here. Then let them come, monster, shouts Thor. Thor shall triumph over all. And Mephisto says, You flatter yourself, Thunder God, and truly you insult me. Did you think I'd let this moment arrive unprepared? Look to the south, noble Asgardian. Look to the south and see your doom. And to the south, um, apparently hell has a south, so that's kind of interesting. Anyway, uh, you look south and there's a whole bunch of these demons descending on him. It looks like hundreds of them. And he says, not all the hordes of hell, not thee or any demigod can drag me to my doom. And Thor bangs the ground with a thwack with Mjolnir, and it, it splits open the ground, and a bunch of flame comes up because, of course, they're in hell, and just, you know, it's a thin crust of rock, and then underneath it is flame. For doom is Thor's to give, says Thor, though in truth it doth sicken me, I do ever what I must. And the demons are apparently afraid to cross the fire. <laughs> I'm not sure why hell demons would be afraid to cross fire, but okay. Brilliant Asgardian, says Mephisto. Your spirit astounds me. It's time, I think, to talk. And we've much, I think, to talk about. And Mephisto, I guess he waves his arms and the demons stop coming. But be not shy, Thor. Come forward, look upon your friends. Though they give no sign, they know you are here, I assure you. Were it otherwise, there would be no pleasure in the irony. Perhaps you wonder at my purpose. Wonder no longer. For in mere moments twill all become quite apparent. Thou dost seekest to confuse me with words, Mephisto. Thy tricks me not to me, says Thor. Oh, that gladdens me, Thunder God. For then we shall both find your next battle revealing. And Mephisto points behind Thor, and he whirls about, and he's, uh, he says, By Odin's beard! No! And it is Sif, 
and she's got this big hammer thing with a bladed hook on the end of it, uh, kind of like a sledgehammer with a big hook on the end. I guess so you could, or like a hooked blade, um, kind of like a weird hammer axe hook thing. It's I, yeah, I mean, I kind of like it. I have to say, I kind of like that thing. Anyway, uh, so Sif, she's looking very blank-eyed, and she is advancing on Thor. Oh, yes, Thunder God, the Lady Sif herself, while you battled mindlessly. Mephisto moved, and now the moment comes for decision. For when your beloved strikes, she strikes for me! And she rushes forward. It looks like she's going to attack Thor with that axe thing. And Thor doesn't want to hurt her, obviously, so he's kind of reared back a little bit. He says, Milady, I beg thee. And she doesn't say anything. Nay, she answers not, but doth swing the slashing axe instead. Verily, thou hast stolen her very mind, Mephisto. But if thou dost hope to make me a cause a deeper betrayal, to strike against the woman I truly love and so betray myself, then think thee again, villain. There be other means to an end. And he dodges the axe and then he reaches out as she takes another swing at him and he and he grabs the axe and just pulls it out of her hand and, and is holding her by the wrist so she can't you know, swing her weapon anymore. And I shall use those means and fight thee until this cowardly spell hath passed, yea, unto the very end of time. So it would appear, Asgardian, so it would appear. Very well, then. You shall have your minor victory. It means not, for the greatest battle is yet to come. And that, my arrogant pup, you shall never win. And Mephisto raises his hand and he casts some sort of a flamey spell thing. Uh, or I guess he's uncasting the spell on, on Sif, is, I guess that's what's going on. Because the next panel we see Sif has calmed down and she's just kind of laying in Thor, Thor's arms, unconscious or asleep. And Thor says, we'll see to that when the moment doth arrive, Mephisto, for the nonce I am satisfied. The lady doth sleep. And she will continue to slumber, Thor, and will only awake when the world above is mine. Or when thou art destroyed, monster, the more likely methinks. And Mephisto's kind of sitting here on his rock, and there's a bit of vulture bat thing flying overhead, and it's like... And oh, and it lands on his hand. So that's a very, that's a kind of a vulture bat dinosaur thing. Anyway. Ah, foolish, foolish immortal. You do not yet understand, do you, Thor? These men my demons kidnapped. You think them innocent? Victims in a cosmic scheme? Look again, godling. Not victims. But pawns, and we get a close-up now of some of these people, and we have the uh, stereotypical British guy, and the African guy, and the Arab guy, and the Russian guy, and the other three I don't specifically recognize from the prior panel, but maybe they were there too. Pawns, thou dost hint at darker things, demon. Speak clearly, if thou dost mean what I think thou dost mean. Oh, but I do speak clearly, Thunder God. You but refuse to accept the truth of my words. Words which will find clarity and action. So! And Mephisto waves his hand and he shoots another energy beam out and summons one of these uh, pointy-eared demon guys. And in the foreground we have Spiro Agnew. It sure looks like Spiro Agnew. And it, I would not surprise me one bit if it's supposed to be Spiro Agnew, even though they don't say it is. But anyway, uh, this demon 
uh, is basically grabs at uh, Spiro Agnew and he starts to phase into his body, sort of like possession, I guess is kind of, anyway, we still have some uh, exposition here from Mephisto. Now watch carefully, godling, lest your feeble mind reject the witness of your eyes as well as your ears. Watch as Hykos, one of my trusted elementals, step lithely forward from that dimension in which he normally exists. And he is, you know, say he's, he's merging into this uh, person's body. So you see, Thunder God, do you observe as his body seems to dissolve, to melt and reformed, subtly altered by the force of Mephisto's all-encompassing power, reforming inside the mortal's hapless shell, becoming, in terrible effect, a part of that shell, until shell and guiding demon are joined, inextricably, totally, and all-pervasively one. And now we have a very angry, evil-looking Spiro Agnew, and he says, As you wished, master, it is done. High course is yours to command. High course, you are a constant pleasure to me. As usual, your performance has been quite superlative. And now, Hykos, I want you to meet someone. A futile little immortal who thinks he has the power and the will to defeat me. None will defeat Mephisto. Hykos will see to that. <laughs> and Thor is uh, still protecting the sleeping Sif. He's putting her down so she, you know, she doesn't fall, I guess. Thou art the most diabolical of creatures, monster. I see thy plan, an army of these transformed mortals. Spies from within the entire human race. Tis a plan foul in its conception, evil in its incarnation, and doomed in its function. On the contrary, Thunder God, even as these sheets of flame turn your hand aside, so will the image of the familiar, the mundane, the ordinary blunt the force of mortal heroes. For tell me, Thor, what weakling man would fight a friend, a wife? A husband, would he not die first? If you think not, then look below. And we get a uh, half-page splash here of uh, the Warriors 3 and Balder, and they look evil, and they're coming towards Thor to attack. And tell me if you will strike blow for blow, wound for wound against those you call companions and friends. And we get a little bit of caption here. Like in sentient automatons, the bedeviled Asgardian guardsmen step forward from the misty shadows. Hogan, Fandral, Balder, even the once verbose Volstag, now all approach. All approach, their sightless eyes betraying grim intent. An intent given silent voice. An attack! And they start to attack Thor, and Balder swings at Thor with his sword, and... Uh, Mjolnir deflects the sword with a snack, and Thor says, Brave Balder, even thee, be none but Thor immune, or have I been spared to suffer greater torments? Yea, I see it now, when even cold Hogan doth turn his mace against me, and we see Hogan's mace flying out and hitting Thor with a whump. What recourse have I but dark and bitter despair? Verily, thou art the vilest of demons, Mephisto, Thou dost knife to the very core of man and mortal, for when thou dost steal a man's friend, thou dost steal a piece of the man as well, 
and the mace has knocked down Thor, and he's sort of kind of laying on the ground, and we see the shadows of the Warrior Three uh, encroaching upon him. It looks like Volstagg is raising a big axe up to uh, chop him. How unfortunate, then, then shouts Thor, that thy plan can only fail, and there's a giant foosh, uh, and there's a big tornado comes, and he it whips the Warriors Three away, Thor gets up, he's whipping his hammer around, and he's uh, creating a, like this storm vortex kind of, kind of thing. Didst thou truly believe I would corrupt my soul with anguish, that I would make violence against those who hold my heart's affection? There be other ways to still their hands, ways without the branding guilt of causing pain. As by means of Mjolnir's storm-shackling power, I do surround them with a spinning vortex, and so transport them to a distant lonely peak where other of the hammer's many sorceries cause a hundredweight of boulders to be summoned, which shall safely imprison them away from thee and me. And yeah, so the Warriors Three and Baldur are trapped in this uh, rock prison on top of a big spire, and Mephisto standing over Thor uh, with fire behind him, and Thor's just kind of laying there looking as though he's in despair, but I guess he's just tired. Touching, Thunder God, almost you make me comprehend your tireless grief. Thus I am in your debt as guardian. You make it so much easier for me to despise you. Why, monster? Because I truly care? Because their pain is my pain? Because thou may never know such breadth and depth of feeling? Perhaps, Thor. Perhaps your weakness disgusts me. Perhaps what you find noble I find merely intolerable. And for such as I, intolerance is a luxury to be pampered, just as it was pampered by them. And we have a full-page spread here of a bunch of evil people from history, and uh, the only one that is readily identifiable as an individual is Hitler. Now, we have a few other people here that we can uh, recognize, I guess. I mean, so we have, we have Hitler, uh, and we have some guy in a sort of Persian-looking helmet uh, with a little spike on the top. Uh, we've got a big Viking warrior with a big horned helmet. We've got a pirate with a beard with little bows in it. I'm guessing that's supposed to be Blackbeard or something. We've got a vaguely... Middle Eastern looking like Ottoman Empire type soldier. I'm not really sure who any of these people are actually supposed to be other than Hitler. Uh, we've got a like a, some like a caveman with a with a big axe. We've got a uh, a guy in a in a top hat and a cloak, and I'm pretty sure that's supposed to be Jack the Ripper. Uh, we've got a um, I don't know what you call him. He's like an aristocrat in, in 17th century dress, and he's got a, a sword in his hand, like a like a, a pay, and he's bending it like he's going to, uh, yeah, like he's going to fence people. And then there's a guy in a purple cloak with a big long knife, and he's got a hook for a hand. He's not not a pirate. Um, Assassin? I don't know. Anyway, so like that. the only person who's, who's really recognizable here is Hitler. Anyway, it says, Do you recognize them as guardian? Are their features familiar? Their names a hated curse? I, the greatest and most ingenious of Earth's many villains. Tragic figures, all condemned or rewarded by an uncaring universe with eternal exile to this nameless land, where they, of course, are my faithful servants. And I, 
their worshipped master. Do you see how hopeless your blind persistence truly is, blonde hair? No? Then observe, for the most eager of my subjects is anxious to begin, and he is a leader in the matter of cruelty and violent efficiency. And so we get a panel here, and it is Hitler, and he is commanding a group of German soldiers. They're made to look like German soldiers, and the they come in various colored uniforms, including a, one of them is re- wearing red, a red uniform. Don't think we had anything like that in our actual world, but okay. So, he, so it's Hitler, and he's going, Forward, you fools! Let nothing stand in your way! All must be crushed, trampled, in the name of Mephisto! And so they're attacking Thor with their uh, machine guns, etc. And uh, Thor's whipping his hammer around as they shoot at him. And he's deflecting the bullets. And there's a crack and a katow and, and a balk and a spatak. And he says, at last I do begin to understand, night creature. Yet before I may test that dawning comprehension, I must act as only the thunder god may. And he's... Uh, he hurls his hammer into the uh, the group of, of people, and it looks, I don't know if he's, he just threw his hammer right at Hitler. I'm not really sure. Anyway, knocks somebody over, and uh, basically sends a lot of the soldiers and so forth flying. And then, of course, Mjolnir comes back to Thor's hand. You comprehend? I doubt it, Thor. Your mind is too simple to absorb Mephisto's divine complexity. We shall see, demon. As soon as I do discern yon new menace. What? What infernal engine? And it's a giant cannon-looking thing, and it's being hauled by... I don't know. They look like... I don't know. It's weird. It's sort of generic fantasy soldiers, like you'd find like in a Conan uh, story, which makes sense, which John B. Summer drawing it. Um... Some of them have little pointy helmet things. and So it's like it's Hill of the Hun or something, but he's got this big gold cannon, which I don't think is something that a Hill of the Hun would have had. Anyway, so uh, they shoot their cannon, and it goes, ba-doom, and it misses Thor, but they, it blows the top off of a nearby rock. And Thor says, a cannon? Thy resources do grow more crude with each new assault, Mephisto. And though the threat seems no less deadly, it is far more easily dispatched. And Thor takes Mjolnir up and he shoots fire out of Mjolnir, a big blast of the key rash, destroys the cannon, throws everybody back. A small victory, my friend, says Mephisto, one that shall cost you dearly. I mean to have your planet Earth and I mean to break your vapid arrogance. And most of all, I'll have your soul. Then prepare thyself for the most demanding battle, demon. Thor falls not without a fight. And Thor looks angry, and he is encroaching on uh, Mephisto. But Mephisto has, of course, a whole army of these these creatures and these weird people. And he's sending all these uh, legions uh, after him. And he says, "'Tis a matter of little consequence, godling. The legions of the lost yearn always for the taste of killing and search always for the torch of war. And they're all attacking Thor. But Thor's taking his hammer. Very Kirby-esque panel here of Thor just kind of hammering on everybody and destroying their weapons. And there's like little fragments that are flying here and there. Uh, yeah, it reminds me a lot of a Jack Kirby panel. Let them come, Mephisto, says Thor. For when the last ghost doth fall, so shall Mephisto. Perhaps so, Thunder God. 
We shall see, shall we not? And Thor is attacking all these soldiers, just kind of knocking them aside and back. And yeah, it seems like he's doing quite well here. And it says, uh, onward against increasing odds. For in truth, the horde seems inexhaustible. While even this battle-weary god of thunder, unfortunately, is not. And we shift to Mephisto, and he is kind of made his escape while his armies are attacking Thor. And he's sitting on a chair, and uh, there's a, some sort of a servant bringing him a, a bottle and a glass on a tray. Oh, so this is Psychos, is a, a name of the, the demon here. Um, and Mephisto says, The sound outside ceases. A pity. Psychos, bring me wine. I would toast the godling's defeat. But it is not to be because the door swings open and it is Thor. And he says, then toast it in bile, Mephisto, when the bile will be thine own. You, says Mephisto, you defeated the very hosts of hell. It appears I've misjudged you, God of Thunder. I thought not even you could withstand the lost legion. Thou didst think wrongly, demon, and shalt pay for thine error with thy life. And Thor throws a, a punch at Mephisto from quite a long distance away, which, <laughs> that's never a good sign, is it? Anyway, uh, easily misses Mephisto, and uh, Mephisto grabs Thor, uh, Thor's wrist, and he says, Rash fool, no one lifts a hand to Mephisto and lives. And there's a hissing as uh, Thor's wrist is burning, and Thor goes, Arrgh! My hand! "'Tis as though it is a fire,' he's shouting. "'Never have I felt such pain, such incredible agony.' "'And you will feel greater agony, godling, "'suffering such as no man or god has ever known, "'unless you save yourself by shifting alliance to Mephisto.'" And that just gets Thor mad. And Thor's like, "'Betray my land, my life, my lord. "'Only one answer may I give, and it's never!' And Thor breaks free and pushes Mephisto back. It appears my suspicions were based on truth, says Thor. Thou dost seek not merely to kill me, but to enslave you as well, verifies Mephisto. How hopelessly bright of you as guardian. Yes, before I can truly invade the world without, I need one final victory. The corruption of the most noble of souls, Thor, god of thunder. Thou should have planned to kill me first, Mephisto, says Thor. For Thor shall never fall prey to thy base temptations. Jumps onto Mephisto with a thump and is, is pushing him down. He's kind of got his arm around Mephisto's neck and he's kind of strangling him from behind. Temptations all the more foul for their invisibility. You couldn't have known. You couldn't have guessed that a strike one blow against a friend... A truly innocent would doom you forever to hell. Verily, I did not need to guess, Black One, for tis a fact Thor hath ever known. Nay, not mere fact, but a code whereby I live. And Thor has grabbed Mephisto, and he picks him up by the waist with one hand, and he pitches him into this uh, giant pool of brimstone, and there's a giant sploosh as he throws him into this, uh, yeah, this giant puddle. And now Mephisto is all wet, and, but he's obviously not hurt or anything. So it was there I made my error, says Mephisto. I hope to corrupt you through trickery, to abase you through deceit. I failed, Asgardian, but so have you. 
Lava alone cannot harm the mighty Mephisto. Thou must think me a true fool, night creature. I did not throw thee there to finish thee. Nay, the moment for that is now. And it blasts out a energy beam out of, uh, out of Mjolnir. And it brings down the ceiling of the cave or cavern or whatever this is therein. There's a giant Badoom. And he's covered a bunch of the shower of rock and lava. And uh, yeah, so Mephisto is being buried in rock while he's in the lava pool. And it says here, the screams of grim frustration grow gradually fainter as the pool of bubbling lava fills and fade entirely when the earthen storm is done. And so he's created like this big shell over the top of the lava pool. And so there's a bunch of, he's just like buried Mephisto in rocks and pushed him down into the pool. And, and this has created this sort of hardened shell over the top of everything. Sleep thee well, Mephisto. For a time at least, earth too will sleep save from thy plundering hand. Though for myself I fear there will be many restless nights, for from this day Thor will ever walk alone. And he comes walking out of the cave, and who's there to meet him outside the cave? But all of his friends. Uh, we have the Warriors Three, we have Hildegard, and we have Sif. Hildegard says thee nay, my lord. Whatever spell the demon did use on us has passed with his passing. And in truth, we all are free, says Fendril. As free as a manner God may be, with memories such as these, says Hogan. Oh, scream, Hogan, says Volstagg. Canst thou not see how weary he is? I do see, Volstagg, and know the sure remedy, says Sif. And she goes running up and grabs Thor uh, and gives him a hug. A good cure, my lady Sif, and worth the taking, methinks, says Thor. But first there are things I must needs attend to. These men Mephisto did spirit from their natural time and place shall be returned to their interrupted lives, free of the demons which once near inhabited them. Free also of the memory which we others must always hold. And he sends uh, all the people back to Earth and his giant Ajax white tornado kind of thing. And uh, then he creates another one of these Ajax white tornado things uh, to transport he and his friends back to Earth. And uh, so we see uh, everybody flying back to Earth through this kind of vortex that says, And when the second spinning is finished, a battle-weary complement of Asgardian warriors stands once more upon the firm land of Earth. And they all arrive back on Earth, and Thor says, It doth remain unchanged. In truth, the world is wholly unaware of the war we fought this day, such as it has always been. For each man must have his day with the god of hell. And only he can ever know whether it will end in victory or in black defeat. The end. Next issue, The Absorbing Man. And that is Thor, number 205. And we'll be having a little uh, talk about this right after this message. Hi, I'm Josiah. And I'm Mike. And we're the hosts of How, How Star Wars Is It? It's a podcast where we rate and review things like movies. But not of how good or bad they are. Yeah, no, how Star Wars they are. And what does that mean, you might ask? It's a little something like this. If Star Wars was Everybody Loves Raymond, this is King of Queens. If Chris Farley was still around. Yeah, Kevin James wouldn't exist. I have a game. It is called Sebulba. <laughs> Or Bulbasaur. 
Yeah, when he was a Palpatine. Do we have like an animated show that we could pitch? The Emperor and his Palpatine. Count Dooku is around his age, plus or minus a decade. Maybe like Count Dooku. That's really funny. (laughs) If that sounded good, or Star Wars, then check us out on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts at How Star Wars Is It? And like we always say, may May the the fourth be with you. And we're back. And of course, we have a few things to say about this issue. First of all, I think this is the best written issue we've had for a while. We have some truly Stan Lee-ish sort of dialogue going on here. A lot of alliteration. It's uh, it, it does remind me very much of a Stan Lee story. It's Jerry Conway, of course. But, you know, Conway you know, is, is not considered one of the great writers of all time. But he is definitely considered a, a very adequate writer. And I think that this is a fairly satisfactory sort of issue. Now, that being said, not a lot happens in it. It really is just kind of, okay, Thor, you're in hell. Now we're going to fight Mephisto and have a conversation with him at the same time. (laughs) And basically, he just throws things at Thor. Thor fights them. They're having a conversation back and forth. Basically, that's it as far as the script. So it's a very simple story. Um, generally speaking, I liked the issue. I mean, it's it's nothing special, but at the same time, it's not bad either. I will say that the art is a step above what we've had for the last several issues. It's not as rushed. Now, I don't think the Coletta's inks have helped the issue very much, though. We do have some really nice little pieces of artwork here and there. Um, we do have more... I think we have a... a less basic kind of layout going on for a lot of this issue. We get some some really interesting shots here of, of Thor as he's uh, fighting the demons, and we get some weird angles and, and stuff. Um, like I said, I don't think the Kalata inks help it a lot. There are, again, there are no backgrounds. The, there's, you have this few group shots where there are people, but really... It's fighting, and we have some things in the foreground, and then everything else we have kind of in the background. Uh, we do have a, this page here. I think it's uh, page uh, page five, where we have a, actually a really nice panel here, a very dynamic panel of Thor fighting the pointy-ear demons things and, and you know, whomping them aside with his hammer. I think it's a really beautiful layout. And, uh, yeah, I think, think the, as, as the, the layouts go, that's really nice. Um the demons all look very samey. I mean, it's very kind of almost uh, almost like the the uh, the subterraneans that the mole man uses. It's kind of kind of they all look exactly the same. Um, the, obviously, the supporting cast really doesn't have anything to do. They they stand around and they look they look hypnotized. Uh, Sif tries to attack Thor, but then uh, he deposits everybody except for Sif onto a uh, big stone rock. Later, Hildegard is not here at all, so it makes you wonder because all the other characters were in the background last issue. So we had Hildegard and we had Silas Grant and we had you know uh, Ted and I and all those people. What happened to them? Um, you could, I guess you can assume that they got returned to their time and place by the first whirlwind at the end of the issue. But other than that, they're just kind of gone. Uh, they really don't answer the question. And and if they're returning Tananiel and Silas Grant to where they're supposed to be, well, where are they supposed to be? I'm Silas Grant can't exactly go back to where he was from. So anyway, um, yeah, so weird. They just kind of 
got rid of everybody except for the uh, Warriors 3 and Sif and Balder and uh, forgot about everybody else. So it'll be interesting to see in the next couple of issues if they've actually remembered to, to address this. Um, the Spiro Agnew cameo, I don't know if that's actually supposed to be Agnew or not, but it sure as hell looks like him, so I'm thinking it is supposed to be him. Um, and if you don't know who Spiro Agnew is, look it up on Wikipedia. Don't bother me with that. <laughs> actually, not very important outside of the 1970s, but anyway. All right, so uh, with that, I'm pretty much done with this issue, and uh, yeah. So I hope you enjoyed it. And of course, if you want to email the show, you can do so. The email address is RadioFreeAsgard at gmail.com. You can also join us over on Facebook. Just look for Radio Free Asgard over there and you will find us. And with that, I am back over the Rainbow Bridge, back to Midgard, and actually going to go for a nice walk in this beautiful fall weather. And we'll see you next time here on Radio Free Asgard. Radio Free Asgard is copyright Tom Harris USA Productions, which is totally responsible for its content. The characters, stories, and situations presented on this program are copyright their respective copyright holders and are presented for entertainment, review, and educational purposes only. No ownership is implied. We make no money from this podcast and the contents are believed to be covered under fair use. If you like what you've heard on today's program, we'd appreciate it if you leave us an iTunes review Send us an email with your feedback, tell your friends, if you have any, or annoy your coworkers with our incoherent ramblings and silly voices. Thanks once again for listening to Radio Free Asgard. <laughs>